out of the songbooks and say, oh, don't sing songs about that gory topic. I thank God for the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there would be no remission of sin. That's something to celebrate, friend, that his blood washes whiter than snow. Thank God for the blood. I'm thankful for the blood. I'm thankful that you're here. Tell your neighbor, I'm glad you're here tonight. So happy to have each of you in the house of the Lord. Welcome to First Church. It's our communion night, a night of remembrance, and we are certainly thankful that you are here to celebrate this evening with us. There are certainly things that we remember. I was telling the staff it was yesterday that marked seven years ago that we lost our bishop, and we certainly miss still to this day Bishop Magruder and recognize the impact and influence that his life had upon First Church and continues to have and we're grateful for that. We think back and remember over 21 years ago that the Twin Towers went down and their declaration is we will not forget. And I've mentioned this before on this special night that there is something that happened over 2,000 years ago that we will not forget. We will not forget what our Savior did for us. I'm thankful for what Jesus did for me. Anybody thankful for what he did for you? Just offer Thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. An attitude of gratitude consumes us when we consider what you did so that we might have what we have. If I had hope in this life only, I'd be of all men most miserable. I'm thankful that I have hope in a life to come, and that is certainly a blessing. The book of 1 Corinthians uh, is a book that Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. I direct your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We'll read verses 23 through 28, a passage of Scripture that we share often in a setting like this, but it's important and significant. I want to say thank you to our guests that are here. And if you are here and you are with us for the first time uh, celebrating uh, communion, uh, the evening that we set aside, in September and then also do so in February. Uh, it's a time that we remember what the Lord has done and we receive his blood and his body and celebrate what that does for us. We will do that tonight and we will share from the scripture and hope that that will help you to better understand this event. This isn't something that's simply symbolic. It's something that is powerful. And when we do it, God's going to do something special and significant. I already believe that the Holy Ghost through prayer and songs and worship in regard to the blood has applied the blood upon people's minds and that God has delivered people from fear, anxiety, doubt, and difficulty. If you believe that, say amen. There's more in store as we will see from the scripture. So if you have it, say amen. Amen. After, excuse me, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. Paul writing here. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. There's weighty words as we consider. The same night that he will be betrayed he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament of my blood. This do ye. As oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. 
For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, verse 27. Now, pay particular attention to this verse. It's a verse that is so often misconstrued and misunderstood and perhaps the reason for some's absence this evening. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man, verse 28, but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So, With these words, this passage, let us pray that God would open our understanding and that as we partake of his body and his blood, that we'll be blessed according to our understanding of his word. Would you pray with me? Father, tonight we thank you for your word. It's anointed. I pray, God, that as it does go forth, that you would anoint hearers to hear and to understand. And as we hear and understand and act upon that, that we will be blessed accordingly. Somebody that has praise to give to the Lord, do that one more time. Would you, God? I give you praise tonight I thank you unto thee O Lord do I lift up my soul my God I trust in thee let me not be ashamed let not mine enemies triumph over me you may be seated thank you and to all of you that are here I am thankful for your presence here I want to say at the very onset that we will serve everyone we will serve everyone that comes to the front to receive the Lord's blood and his body. It is parental responsibility to determine at what age you desire your children to participate in this wonderful evening. That's your decision as a parent. I ask that you would please exercise that right as a parent. If you're here tonight and your parent is not here, whoever the responsible party for you being here will make that decision. So adults, if you would help me in making the decision, we don't set an age and say at this age you can take communion. We leave that to the discretion of the parent and the person that is responsible for the people that are in this place tonight to make that decision. So when you come up here, we will serve you. We don't say, no, we're not going to serve you. No, we're not going to serve you. You make the decision as to whether or not you'll be served. And so parents, if you would please help us with that. We find here the writer tells us that uh, Paul is the writer here and is writing to the church at Corinth. And he's telling the church at Corinth what happened that wonderful day, the day that the Lord first instituted communion. And if you want to find uh, those particular passages, then you can go to Matthew 26. You can go to Mark 14. You can go to Luke 22. And you will find in those gospels, in those particular texts that I just shared with you, where that the Lord's Supper is instituted. And so it's, it's instituted and there is implied a preparation for the Passover. So there is the implication of the preparation of the Passover. And we find that that's what we do. That's our practice at First Church is to make preparation. We make preparation through prayer and fasting. That's why we have selected the three days prior to 
this wonderful evening as days that we, First Church, set aside as days of prayer and fasting. I, as pastor, ask that everyone would please say, I'm going to take these three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and we're going to be prayerful and we're going to push away from the plate perhaps. This particular time we ask that as a church body you would fast media and the various venues thereof. And many of you have. I know that uh, there are those of you that have sacrificed and for some it's a greater sacrifice than others to uh, turn off Facebook or to push away from the plate. Whatever the sacrifice, here's what I want you to understand. Whatever the sacrifice was seen by God and will be rewarded by the same. I believe that you don't need to feel condemned. I've, I've talked with people that they say, Pastor, I tried to fast and by about five o'clock at night, I, I was shaking and I, I couldn't do it and, and, and I, and I ate something and, and then you're, you're sitting there thinking that God in heaven is getting ready to lightning bolt you and you're Wrong answer, you messed up. See, no, that's not the way God is. God rewards your sacrifice. We have this warped conception of who Christ is. We have this this misunderstanding of our master. He celebrates your sacrifice. So whatever it is that you do to sacrifice, it is noted, recognized, and rewarded, not by pastor but by God. So, please, when there is an opportunity, such as we have afforded this church an opportunity to set days aside and to pray and to fast, please, 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 for your own good. I remember when my mom and dad, I could hear those words, this is for your own good. It didn't feel like it was for my own good, but I understand now how that it was. But this is, this is for your own good. Understand the significance and the importance of doing what we have done. And that's what has prepared this particular night. And the reason why we are experiencing what we are experiencing is because of the sacrifice and the prayer, the preparation that has been made. So he says that we have this understanding of what took place with Christ and his disciples at the original communion, the institution of the Lord's Supper. And that can be found, as I mentioned, Matthew 26, Mark 14, and Luke 22. So he has dinner with his disciples. He has the bread. He blesses it. He breaks it. He asks them to take and to eat and indicates that when they take that bread, they have taken his body. The same with the cup. He gives thanks. They drink of it and they are asked to remember that it is indeed his blood and that every time that we do this, the reason why we do this is primarily to remember what God did for us. Is there anybody thankful tonight? That's so important for us to have an attitude of gratitude for what God did. He robed himself in flesh, died that horrific death, the death of the cross. And as if that wasn't enough, the, the trek up that hill, the stripes upon his back, the crown of thorns upon his head. I can't 
explain it enough to truly example how horrific the pain and the process was. And the reason why is while he was on the cross, I was on his mind. He knew there would be a night in September that we would remember. And he did that so that we could plead the blood upon your mind and know that you could face your fear with faith and say, I will rest well. I will conquer the enemy. I will no longer deal with anxiety and fear and doubt. I will be delivered. I feel that tonight. I'm thankful for that. And so we see that now Paul, in essence, is doing what we are doing here tonight, he's instructing the church at Corinth and he says, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. He knew what was about to happen and yet he loved us enough that he still would do what he did. Thank God. There is no greater love. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. But consider, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. It's an incredible insight when you consider that he did that for those that were in opposition of who he was and what his plan was. And it says, and when he had given thanks... The bread that he had taken, he broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. We know and we will pray as you receive communion that his body that was broken will allow ours to be whole. I could tell you of examples of times when people have received the body of the Lord and received healing into theirs. How many of you believe for that tonight? That's why... I want to apologize to you, but I don't, I cannot grasp in my mind. I'm just being totally transparent as pastor tonight. I cannot grasp in my mind why anyone that had the possibility of being here tonight would not. You say, well, pastor, we're here. That is correct. But understand as a pastor how I could see that there are people that could and should be here tonight that aren't. And that's, that's difficult for me. Elder, that's difficult for me. As the overseer of the flock to know that there are sheep that need what we are having made available to us tonight. And they are absent. And perhaps they're absent through ignorance. And let me explain what that means. People say, did you just say that those people were ignorant? No, I said through ignorance, meaning that they don't fully understand. That's why we do what we do. How many of you have ever been here for a communion service? And you know that what we're doing right now is to help you. It's for our good. So, he explains that we're doing this, and the reason why we're doing this is we're doing this in remembrance of him, that we would never forget. Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This you do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as ye Oft as you drink, do it in remembrance of me. For as often, verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. 
This night is set aside for us to remember. To remember. To fully understand the significance of what our Savior did. That's why we're doing this tonight. To remember what he did. I don't ever want to forget. I don't ever want to forget. I'm so thankful that our students are with us. I'm so thankful that our children are with us. I think it's important. I remember. I remember being a child. I remember being a child, and I remember when I was a child, Sister Laura, I was, I was, I was somewhat fearful on this night because I was thinking, Sister Emily, I was thinking, oh, I, I, I really hope that I don't drink damnation to myself. I mean, that's a legitimate thought for a child because as a child, Brother Clyde, as a child, I didn't fully understand what the Scriptures meant. That's why it was so important for me as a child to have someone explain to me as my pastor did that there is a difference between unworthy and unworthily. Sounds so similar. So you could understand how, how that someone could. I could understand if I were where you are, I could fully understand how that perhaps you could misunderstand what the difference between unworthy and unworthily is. And that would rob you from what God has for you through communion. How many of you know that pastor is doing his best to explain it on a level that everyone can understand? That's why we're doing this. We're breaking it down, taking our time. We're not, we're not thwarting the move of God. The same God that moved, swept into this place, Sister Michelle, and we had healing of minds happen. The same God is going to do that when we receive communion. But He wants you to be able to receive communion with a clear conscience and an understanding. A forthright understanding of what is necessary and needed to be a participant or a recipient. Okay? So, that's why we have this time together. He says, for as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Verse 27, please. Wherefore, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, everybody say unworthily, unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. What does that mean, Pastor? Unworthily, much different than unworthy. Because if it said unworthy, I would say, God bless you, you're dismissed, we'll see you Sunday. Because not one among us, from pastor to the back pew, everyone in between, not one is worthy. Not one. You say, well, I, you know, I, I thought, you know, that that person might be worthy and they really pray a lot and that person. Nope. No one. No one's worthy. For by grace, unmerited favor, unearned favor. For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourself, it's the gift of God. We are not worthy. Say that with me. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Pastor's not worthy. Brother Casey's not worthy. Brother Clyde's not worthy. None of us are worthy. Brother Johnson, we're not worthy to, we're not worthy to have what we have here tonight. But by the grace of God, we have an opportunity to remember what God has done and take His body and take His blood and have the effect of what happened. Bless us. 
So what does this mean, Pastor? Unworthily means that if you're here and you're like, I think that's going to be so cool to go eat some crackers and drink some grape juice. Probably better not come up here. If you're coming up here because you're hungry in the natural, don't come up here. You're thinking, oh, this is so... If you're nonchalant about it and you don't understand that this has been prayed over and and you don't understand the significance of what we're celebrating tonight, you don't appreciate, you don't value the fact that your Savior took stripes upon His back, had a crown of thorns placed upon His head. You don't appreciate the fact that He did everything He did for you. Then I suggest you don't take it. But if you do appreciate and you are thankful, and you are grateful, and you do believe that there is healing and help through the blood and the body, definitely take it. Take it. There was a practice of people that didn't value what we're doing, didn't appreciate what we're doing, and they would come and they would drink it to become drunken. They would eat it to satisfy fleshly desires. That is unworthily. That is unworthily. That's why I don't sense that there's anyone that's hearing what I'm saying and is saying, I'm doing that. Because if that's the case, I am cautioning you, don't do it. I don't sense that or there's no way that I would say that we will serve everyone that comes up. When I say that we will serve everyone that comes up, that means I have the complete confidence of people that you have an understanding of how important and how significant this is and the reason why we do this. That's why I explain to the best of my ability with clarity why we're doing it. So, that is the reason we explain to you that what we are doing, we are doing in remembrance of what he did for us. Next verse, please, verse 28. But let a man examine himself. This is not gender specific, of course, so it means every person. Let each person examine themselves. That means that what we should do What we should do prior to partaking of the blood and the body is we should examine our hearts. We, it's not open only for people, it's not open just for perfect people because there is no such thing. So don't in your mind envision that perfection is required to participate because again, if that was the case, we would just go home. There is no one that is perfect. But understood, what we must do, Brother Casey, what we have to do, it doesn't matter pastor, it doesn't matter church board member, it doesn't matter your position or lack thereof, if you're simply a saint, as if that's not significant enough, it certainly is. However, understand this, there is no position that isn't required to have self-examination. So what you do is you say, I want to make sure, in essence, like if you you were going to, you know, go someplace, uh, you don't, you're going to go someplace nice. You don't just, if I'm going someplace nice, when I wake up, believe me, it is not a good idea, Brother Clyde, for me to wake up. I mean, I look in the mirror and see what my hair looks like. I need a haircut pretty quick. I, I see what my hair looks like. 
And I think, I'm not walking out the door looking like I look. I'm going to prepare myself to look nice because there's something. To, when, when, whenever I come to church, I want to brush my teeth, comb my hair, what little's left. And I want to do the best I can to look nice and presentable. Here's what I want you to understand. That's what we need to do right now. We need to understand that there's something big that's about to happen. And we want to cleanse ourselves. We want to make sure. We want to ask God. We want to put ourselves in a position that we are prepared to receive. So what I'd like for us to do is this is an individual thing. You don't look around. You don't say, what are you asking God to help you with? No, that's not what we're doing right now. Right now, what we are doing is preparing our hearts individually. We're preparing our hearts individually. We're wanting to make sure. God, if there be anything that's sin in my life, I'd like to ask you to take it out. I'd like to ask you to forgive me of anything that I've done wrong. I'd like to ask you, God, to to forgive me. I'm sorry, Lord, if I was impatient. I'm sorry, Lord, if I said something I shouldn't have done. I'm sorry, Lord, if I had the wrong attitude. I'm sorry, Lord. Just a time of repentance. So what I would like for us to do is everyone, everyone, everyone that's going to participate, everybody that's going to participate from young and old, it's a time to repent. So I would like for you to have a time of self-examination. So we're going to take a couple of moments. We're going to have a couple of moments where that you take inventory, you have self-examination, and then you ask God to prepare your heart. So you're preparing yourself to receive his blood and his body. So let's do that now. God, I thank you, God, for every person that's here, and I pray for them right now. Lord, I pray for these precious people that as they talk to you, you don't have to say it out loud. You don't have to talk out loud. If you want to communicate silently to the Lord, just talk to him and ask him to help you, to prepare you to receive his blood and his body. God, we're doing this in remembrance of you, but we don't want to do it, God, until we have examined ourselves and said, Lord, I want you, if there be any evil way in me, if there be any, if there be any difficulty that I'm dealing with, God, I pray that if, if I have, if I have a bad attitude, God, if I, if I have sin in my, I'd like to just ask you, God, to cleanse me, to forgive me. God, I pray that you would forgive me of anything that I've done wrong. I pray that, God, you would wipe the slate clean. God, I want to prepare myself. God, I want to prepare myself to be ready to receive your body and to receive your blood. I pray, God, for every person that's in this place that you would grant them the courage and the confidence that they can come and that they can receive and that as they do they'll be blessed and somebody say in Jesus name in Jesus name so what I would like for you to do is I would like for you to stand I've asked brother Littles and brother Johnson if they would help me and they will have uh, the cup that on the top